Hi, this is Christopher Lewis, and welcome to Dating Intelligence, the podcast, where we give relationship advice from dating to marriage and everything else in between, and always with the goal of helping you to continuously be the best you at all times. All right, guys, well, we got a great episode today, and I think you're going to really like the topic. My guest and co-host, she has two decades of experience managing successful entrepreneurs, business owners, and their families. She has a passion for working with women who are wealth creators, taking control of their financial and legacy decisions. So please welcome my guest and co-host today, Dega Nalea. How are you doing, Dega? I am doing great. How I am you, so Chris? happy to have you on the show. I'm wonderful. I'm just super excited to have you on this episode today. Well, I am so happy to be here and it's an exciting conversation. Good, good. All right, guys. Well, if you haven't noticed from the intro that I just gave you, Dega is a financial expert. And so the topic that we're going to be discussing today, Dega, and I love all my topics that I choose, it's called Banking is Harder Than Marriage, which is, like I said, it's, it's freaking hard. It's not easy. I mean, everybody dealing with finances, being married, or if you're just in a relationship, guys, remember this. It's not only about the married people. You couples out there are living together and doing the thing. I mean, finances are a big part of all this. So, Dega, we're going to start talking about um, finances and what your thoughts are and how to hopefully direct these people in the right direction. What do you think? Great idea. I think we will solve a lot of marriage issues if we t- or relationship issues. <laughs> we talk about finances. We're talking about I like you. Right. And get comfortable with the conversation from the beginning. Exactly. We want, we want to save your relationships is what she's saying, people. And off of that note, which, Dega, you told me this earlier, the, the number one thing that couples argue about is? Finances. Right. Money. Absolutely. Yeah. Finances. Right. I, I myself am really bad at finances. I think I giggle about it all the time and I, I, it makes me uncomfortable, but I've gotten better at it. But still, it just makes me just when I hear someone go, hey, let's talk about your finances. I go, can't we just talk about the weather? I mean, something different. Chris, nobody is bad at finances. It's a matter of learning. It's a matter of if you don't have the expertise and knowledge and the comfort, taking that step, knowing what you just said earlier, number one issue a couple is arguing about whether they marry or or dating is Mm -hmm. finances and setting the right expectations and also talking about how you were raised and how comfortable you are with the finances. It is... The number one issue as I sit with couples, whether you are average person to a wealthy person. So right. I think it's just needs to be talked about. Right. And always, every couple, there's one person that's stronger in finances than the other. But we both need to know how and what. Do you ever feel like that person that's stronger in finances, do they help? Do they even try to help the other one that's, that's the weak link? Or do you just think they just try to hold it over them all the time? I think it's not so much as they don't want to help. They're judgmental because people think I handle finances this way and they Mm -hmm. get stressed without sharing their feelings and talking about it. Where do you lack? How can we work together as a couple? So they look at you and it's like, oh, how could you? How are you not thinking this way? Not assuming that you don't know any better. Right. So it's almost like they're belittling them versus like building them up, right? I mean, Absol- in a weird way. And then Absolutely. once, yeah, I don't want to feel like a financial idiot. I mean, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, I hope that my partner, which thank God that she does, she's she's pretty good at it. So she, she says she's not, but she is. She's actually got me better on track with all this stuff, you know? And so I've gotten, at least I pay my bills on time. That's what I do now. I pay my bills on time. So 
Well, Chris, you're blessed and you're not bad at it. It's the reality. We got to get comfortable. I'm not comfortable with money or finances and I don't have the strength or the organization. And it's okay. Good. But no one of you will handle it or you will handle it together and, and then talk about it. Okay. So speaking of talking about it, let's talk about the first and foremost thing. Let's talk about debt. When you, well, let's, say you're, let's say you just got married or, by, by, by the way, I'll backtrack. Before you even get married, you should even be on this page and getting on track with each other, correct? Absolutely. Right, because we, we don't want personal financial baggage coming in before we get married. I know that's been a thing I've heard about this. I think before we talk about the ring, before we talk about the marriage, right. two people have to talk about their financial beliefs, how they picture their finances, and okay. how do they vision it. And I think it's an easy conversation to have. And when people have a debt, disclosing it. If you're the type of person who's debt adverse and your partner likes to borrow, or like you said, they're not on time, right. let's talk about what you feel comfortable, how you can meet each other halfway. Right, because you guys eventually want to buy a house. I mean, don't rely on one person to buy it for you. I would hopefully hope that you both want to be strong enough to be financially, what's the word I'm looking for? Financially strong, I guess? Strong. Credit is huge. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's over 720. <laughs> I feel pretty good about that. I know I can get it better, but I know it's over 720. <laughs> well, Chris, that's great. That's, All right, thank you. You're the top 80%. So. Good. <laughs> Working on it, people. <laughs> this so, is from an expert, guys. You just heard her. I'm in the 80 percentile, so I feel pretty good. That's wonderful. But honestly, talking about credit. I, yeah. I always say, before you can marry, let's talk about credit scores. Right. Let's talk about credit history. And also, if someone has not handled their credit well before getting with you, don't assume you're going to change them. The same way they handled their credit in previously, they will handle it in, during the relationship. Unless they make a conscious effort, mm -hmm. I'm going to grow, I'm going to learn, and what can I do to become better at handling my finances? I'm, I sit with couples, and I mm -hmm. can't tell you how many times when I say, well, how does she handle her credit before getting with the other? What credit score does she have? And I'm like, okay, well, you expect her to change yeah. because you married her right. or expect him to change. So I it's think like they think there's like a magic wand that just changes overnight, right? But it's not true, though. You really have to not. do the work. It's not. And I think it starts like a commitment, no different than the commitment of marriage to talk about you don't have a credit history. A lot of good, smart people have messed up their credit with a simple thing as they're not paying their student loan on time. They forgot to pay a bill, oh, yeah. medical bill. Let's talk about it. If we want to acquire assets, how are we going to clean up your credit? And how are you going to stay on top of it? Right. Okay. So let's say like, let's just do the basics then since you're here, let's talk about the base of what you just said. If two people jumping into marriage, let's say, and they want to try to fix all this stuff, how do they go about getting started? Like without bringing in, let's say someone of yourself, a financial advisor, how do they start by doing the work? What's the first thing that they should talk about? I think the work is to talk about your finance. That's, this is what I have. You hear this people, all you this gotta do is, is talk about it. my credit. Yeah. This is what my assets are. This is what my income, what kind of lifestyle are we gonna live in? Right, so you gotta throw it all on the table, guys. You can't just like, like assume that this person has this because if this person comes in with a pile of debt that you thought he, you, you know, he could have all this money, or she could have all this money, and all of a sudden they got this pile of debt, it all bounces out to zero at that point. You know, there's nothing, there's no, there, you guys need to get ahead of all this. So just make sure you guys communicate and talk about it.
Yeah. Communication is the key. And yeah. I think having a compassion for one another, everyone is raised their many beliefs different coming into relationship. And bringing that suitcases, try to drop them on the table before you can talk about <laughs> the money and the finances. So I think it's extremely important these things are talked about. And if you're uncomfortable, just like if you're sick, you will go to the doctor. Then I, That's right. I recommend sitting with financial advisor who can help the two of you navigate through this conversation. That's a great idea. That's a really or good idea. therapist. I'm very believer of coaching and therapists. Right. Before you. She's just saying, get on board, guys. You guys all need to get on the same page and be on board. And I know a bunch of you out there listening right now are going, hmm, I wonder what his credit score is. Do you even know? Let's figure this out. I need to ask my girlfriend this. What's her credit score? I need to figure it out. I know it's really high. It's higher than mine, way higher than mine. I know that much. So, so but I'm going to ask her. Yeah. I feel confident enough to ask her. <laughs> so there's no problems here. Um, all right. So let's move on to the next thing. What do you, so how to, so let's talk about how to handle money issues in a marriage. Let's talk, first of all, um, we talked about dealing with debt, but let's talk about, all right, you're going to get married because we're, we're going to start from the beginning of this, people. You're going to get married, prenup or not. How do we deal with this? Absolutely prenup. I think if someone feels they bring in more to the table in mm -hmm. that marriage and that relationship, it is just cleaner. It's understanding from the beginning. It saves right. a lot of headaches if and when 50% of marriages end up divorced, what, first two years? Yeah. I mean, so why would you not talk about prenup? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a serious... I mean, it's like any like ne like negotiation or more relationship, guys. You want to make sure that you... I agree with the prenup, I, and I feel like people who get offense to that or have offense to that, it's just like there's something a little more underlying than that, you know? And I obviously, even if you believe in the person and you trust a person as much as you can, you know, a prenup, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that, you know? Chris, I absolutely agree no. with you. And I think if you're getting married for love, even if you're getting married for money, you should know what you're getting. That's if true. The worst scenario happens. And also, too, we live in a community property in California. Even more recent, you need to define what is yours, what's his, because the point that you get married becomes a community. Right. Property. So what she's saying is, if you have an offshore account, don't worry about it. That's what she's saying, right, Dega? <laughs> have an saying. offshore account, take some money on the side. No, not right. But let's be honest <laughs> just, and just transparent. <laughs> <laughs> if, if she's marrying you for your money, or if he's marrying you for your money, it's fine. But let's put it on the table. It's, it's just honesty. It's cleaner. You don't have to worry about that. This not disclosing right and just it's the right thing to do to protect yourself to protect your family a lot of times you're a business owner it's just a lot of mess that can come in people are coming to second marriage yeah that's right so, that's true too the people coming to different marriages but i hope that they're smarter from you know after the from the first one let's just put it that way um often you said something and this is something that i like to think that really gets in the way of any sort of communication it's a person's ego you know, ego gets in the way of a lot of this stuff. And I know it gets in a lot of way of finances as well, because with someone with a big ego who thinks that, okay, if I'm working, I'm going to do that what I want to do. And the other one, she, you know, if she's standing with the kids, I mean, there's all these scenarios that are out there, even if the other person's working, like you said, if one person's making more money than the other, I feel like sometimes they always try to hold it over the other person and their egos get involved. That is so true, Chris. And let's be realistic. The hardest 
jobs our moms who are home taking care of the kids job that never ends and i think these are why it's important to have a conversations earlier it's your partner expect you to be stay home with the kids right what are the financial pictures going to look like for the family and it's just because you're bringing the money doesn't mean the partner is not pulling their that's weight correct up. yeah i can't tell I, you how many couples says well i'm home She's home all day and I'm okay. working all day and she's spending money. What is she spending the money on? Let's talk about yeah, it. Yeah, how do you handle that? When you hear that, what is your first take on that when you hear that? What do you well, tell them? Well, let's talk about it. Okay. Break it down. What you is don't she slap spending them first? the money I mean, on? You don't like, no, slap them across the head? I'm just, just wondering because... if you slap them across the head because I would. I'd be, I'd flick them. Did you flick them? I'd flick them. <laughs> kids cost a lot. Okay. You know, household costs a lot. So yeah. don't assume you're putting the money in there. So that's where budgeting comes in, right? This X budget for the family, for the kids. Right. And if your wife or your husband, let's not assume many women are not making money anymore. It's the woman, a lot of more money are making more money than men. Let's talk about what that percentage looks like. And right. I think if that budget's goes over it, then there's a discussion to be had. You know, the second reason families get divorced, as we talked about, is finances. Right. But also, number one argument being finances, but also to people who have debt and people who feel uncomfortable hide from their partners what they're purchasing because oh, they wow. feel uncomfortable, so they shop behind their backs. Okay. But if that openness and honesty is there from the beginning, you eliminate being dishonest. Right. Either, yeah, she's not talking really. about your porn purchases either, people. She's talking about real purchases here. Not your porn stuff. That's different. You can hide that if you want to, but that's another conversation. The shoes, the bags, no, no, the Ferrari. No, right, no. yeah, right. How can you hide that? It's like, where's that? In the closet. That the, in the car closet. just showed up. You'd be surprised. It's a rental. He just bought a car with campaign bills. Oh, so. I've seen a, I've had a friend that did something like that before back in the past. He comes home with a car and his wife is like, what, just, what did you do? He goes, I bought a car. And he didn't even like discuss it with her that's turns for like grounding right there i mean it i don't even know how that even happens more often you think wow you know just like the woman are hiding the bags and the jewelry yes yeah I'm right you, right because she thinks her husband's just gonna <laughs> he doesn't know what kind of bags i have anyways that's that's really funny okay so let's move on we're gonna talk about you had mentioned something and this is the next step i want to talk about um before you have children how much of of a financial Let's talk about what's where I'm looking for. Um, how much more do you need to like figure out how much you need to save and put away at this point versus just your everyday life finances? You know, because this is adding a whole nother layer. Once you have a child, it adds a whole nother layer of um, finance, you know, um, what's what billing and things like that into your system now. Right. So, so, so I think it goes back to the open conversation from the beginning of the relationship, which is we're going to have kids the time when it comes to having the children, let's talk about how do you want to raise your kids? Mm -hmm. Do you want to send them to private school? Are they going to be bubblegum school kids? Right. Do you want your kid to take all these different classes? Because kids are not that expensive. And daycare is mm -hmm. the most expensive and item for kids. That's are very you going true. to stay home? Yeah. Right. Or are we sending our child to a, a babysitter in home care? All these things are things that need to be mapped up. And right. then what do they cost? Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, from experience, I know that, gosh, when we had our nanny before, we were like praying for school at that point because it's just like, it's expensive having a nanny. It is. I mean, all day long like that, it's, it's a big expense, guys. So you got to think about how, when you, about even thinking about having a child, you need to put the expenses with it. I mean, don't kill it, but just talk about it and you can figure it out as you go, but just be aware that it's going to cost a lot. It's not cheap raising children. I mean, after school program and after school activities, that's, that's a whopper. 
It is not yeah. cheap. Yeah. They are precious. But I always say that <laughs> my son who's a 14, the most expensive thing I own is my kid. Right. Not even the house. Oh, my God. It's funny when you think about that, you know, because both of us have kids. It's that thing you say, well, we can say, but it's like when they come at you and go, hey, I need this for this. You're like, oh, okay. Which we, I always put away for that extra stuff, thank God. But just it just makes you twitch sometimes, doesn't it? <laughs> just wait till they ask for his car. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a thing. All right, all right. So let's move on to the next one. So we talked about um, checking your ego. So here's a good one that I want to discuss. You know, there's the different personality types of people in finances. You know, we call those people where you might have the scrimp and the saver or the cheapskate, or you just have that guy or girl who's just super flamboyant. You know, they're throwing the money left and right with not a care in the world. How do you handle those? Especially when they come to you, let's say if you have like an athlete that comes to you and you know, he's like just a big spinner. Do they actually just kind of like settle down a little bit once you say this is the reality of it and this is what you actually need to do? You know, Chris, some people don't change, but some people take that active role, which is I want to be indifferent. A lot of times when I take on entertainers or athletes, it's like, did you spend your first bonus check? Mm -hmm. Did you buy everything you need? (laughs) Or you spend the friends, family? And then we can talk about planning and a long-term projections of uh, what your goals and objectives are. And I think a lot of times is bless their heart. They're young. They didn't grow up with money. And we have to have a compassion towards them. They're around a lot of people who have, you know, depend on them, whether it's friends, family. And also when you're a kid who's 18, 19, getting this huge contract and you dream about buying things to your Never could imagine. Yeah. Now you can. Right. You're not thinking about this money has endless uh, means. Yeah, it's, it's almost like, like you think like it's just like it just keeps going I on. I can like just it's an get it. Pot of gold. I want it. I right. just can get it. So it's matter of education and able to re- help that mindset of let's talk about the wrong term. Blow okay. the first bonus check, but if you get injured, you're yeah. not expecting to get this. Yeah. Right. And also to people. In the flip side of it, there's the people who get stressed out about saving money because they grew up in a household where parents were pen, what are the Penny expression pension. in English? Yeah. Exactly. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. And it's like they get so uncomfortable and when their partner's spending money, they don't realize that money is a means to an end. <laughs> so therefore, it just buys you access and a time. You, if you saw your parents counting cents and a penny, they get stressed, they get emotionally upset. Um, let's talk about it. Your partner right. has a different money beliefs. Yeah. And it's not even ego. It's like people are not open to want to learn about it. That's what I was talking to you okay. about. The suitcases we come in into relationship, mm-hmm. our money beliefs from our childhood. So do you offer that? Do you think that people, let's say like, um, let's say you're a big spender. I'm the cheapskate. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how do you, how do you, allow that person to make him feel comfortable you can spend some money it's okay like that's is it is it a good thing to be like that sometimes like if you just hoard all your money you know and don't really spin it out there is, it, is that a good thing it's what makes you happy okay all right ultimately that's, that's is that yeah. somebody can live in a box and have all the money and it doesn't add value in their life but right if spending is what brings you pleasure it's just having what is reasonable? Yeah. What percentage, I always say, do you feel comfortable you can blow your check? Right. And if that percentage is 10%, 20%, that's how I deal with spenders. Okay. Then spend that percentage and don't go anymore because you're going to spend it. Yeah. You might as well spend it with the responsibility and have these. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I was married to one. Mm-hmm. And 
entertainer <laughs> and producer and a music industry. Do I need to say more? A young guy who was successful. Money, money, <laughs> money, 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 money. Out the door. <laughs> so, you know, how did he marry a woman like me? I don't know. Well, you probably because you grounded him. Remember, I always say everyone needs their yin to their yang. I always say that, Dega. I always say everyone needs their, their yin to their yang. So, so Chris, I've mentioned that it's he made a lot of money. He right. was young, he's teens. He was already having hit music, and and he loved to blow. Okay, he loves to buy the latest car, the right. latest I watch, the latest jewelry, and it was fine. Okay. And Andy, when I was in my twenties, I can go to my Gucci, and he can blow the next bag and <laughs> next shoes. <laughs> but when it came to kids, marriage, and a long term future, okay. it was not okay. Girlfriend, oh, yeah. it was okay. Yeah, right. That's marriage. Very- no, no. You know, we're not spending. <laughs> we need to save. We need to do this, this, and this. Save, do this. And, on, and honestly, you realize you can't change someone unless they want to change themselves. And he always says, like, I, the best thing that happened to him is getting with me by helping him mm-hmm. and teaching him in terms of about money and saving and investing and not blowing every dollar. Right. And, and the same, at the same time, it's a constant you know, okay. it's like a teaching a child and also having that patience and putting him in a budget. Right. Separating his money. You can't even see these accounts. It's 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 reality. That's not his strength. He's creative person. All right. he can think about, I want it. I want to create. I don't want to th- think about yeah, and numbers. That, and that, my friend, is why I feel like I've gotten better at that because I'm such a creative type that it was like, I have, all I want to do is just do, 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 do. And it's just like, you know, all the money side, I need someone running that for me. It's like, even when I had a clothing line, I had it for eight years and I knew that I couldn't run the operation side, but I didn't have the means at the time to actually do it. So, you know, thank goodness I had people and friends and family that were good at that and they handled most of it. But I knew in the office, I needed someone because who's monitoring my spending? Just me. And so I'm like, okay, I can make this and this and this. I'm going to do this, this, but I'm like, I don't have a budget on this because I didn't know what a budget was. And so I overspent a lot and I always got reeled in after that. And now it's like more mature. Yes, people, I am more mature. <laughs> I've grown out of it and I've gotten better at it. But I feel like you're either one end or the other and it's and you can meet somewhere in the middle, but it's not easy all the time. It's I, it's very difficult. I agree. And I, and I think, Chris, like you said, it's not your strength, but I'm going to put someone who knows that's going to help me in right. this area. But I always tell like every entrepreneur... You need to understand the balance sheet. You need to understand what's coming in, what's going. Even family right. members are, you know, questionable right. sometimes, right? Bookkeepers. <laughs> so how would you know? You don't need to be the expert, but you should know your numbers at least. Right. So my father-in-law used to say this all the time. And this, is, this is his basic 101 finances. And I'm not a financial person, but the woman next to me is. And so listen to this. This is what he said. The money coming in needs to be greater than the stack going out. That's what he always said. The money coming in needs to be greater than the stack going out. That's how you survive. And I was like, okay, what's that mean? I still was like, what does that mean? What does that mean, right? (laughs) Exactly. This is why we should be having conversations with our kids from a young age. (laughs) (laughs) That should be a class in school, by the way, you know. 
finances I at agree. a very young age. I so, absolutely agree. Because I feel like, you know, kids especially, they ask for a, a lot from us. And like, even with my girls now, I, I like, you know, we're always talking about some kids are on um, an allowance and some aren't. And, and I feel like our kids, you know, we're trying to put them on allowance. They're not yet. But I also always ask them, look, when you ask for something, what are you doing in order to get this? What, what's the, what are you, how are you reciprocating in other words? And I want you to be aware that what we're giving you, it's like, you know, A, be appreciative and B, it's like you really need to understand what it is. And so here's a very good story. So with my daughters on that note, and we'll get back to the marriage side of this people. But <laughs> so one day we were going to Disneyland. And I knew if we're going to Disneyland dig, I knew just walking in this place to go, okay, if I walk into Disneyland and don't give them a certain amount of money, they're going to be asking me for everything. So at the time, my daughter was, let's see, at this point in time, she was probably 10 and the other one was probably uh, five. So I gave them each $100. I said, look, I will pay for your food, da-da-da, but anything that you want in here, don't ask me for it. If you want a toy, you want a shirt, you want whatever, even if you want a knick-knack or like on the side of the road or bubbles or whatever, you're going to pay for it yourself. Do you know that the oldest one at 10 years old, she goes, daddy. And I go, you have your own money. She went in every store, Dega. And by the end of the day, spent not one cent until she got to the last store and then spent it all because she knew that all that's all the money she had. So she was very frugal. And it made me realize that she can actually do this. The five-year-old now, you know, she wanted a sword and a spear and a, and a, and a knight's outfit. She spent her $100 in the first 10 minutes. And so that was it, but she's five. But the other one, on the other hand, she really methodically thought about what she wanted to do. And I think that if you gave people that option is what I'm getting at. If you give anyone that option, here you have like $1,000. Here you have a million dollars. How are you going to spend this? This is all you get. I feel like people will really change their tune on how they spend. I agree. And I think I encourage all parents. And Chris, going back to relationship, talking about kids with finances is also a huge part of the marriage relationship. So mm-hmm. kids come into the picture. It's true. You really need to and teach them. Not only that, just know even your own kids, some of them are strong on numbers. Probably your older daughter, it's more on, on point. Yeah. Your younger daughter might turn out to be different. I'll right. tell you, I'm an A personality numbers. Okay. My son is a brilliant, creative kid. <laughs> the bird flies. How beautiful <laughs> is it? Right? So he has chores at home to earn money. That's what does great. he spend money on? Electronics. He could care less about clothes, shoes. Okay, earn it. I don't pay him till he gives me a receipt. And the only time he gives me a receipt is when he runs out of money in his checking account okay however right i tell him to manage it once he overdrafted and i closed his account just to teach him a lesson it I was think a that's hard a great lesson yeah <laughs> so i'm like i think the, i think the happen. bank over, like closed mine for an overdraft i mean it wasn't even a, it was a lesson so learned like, where would you cover if mom was not here i'm a financial <laughs> advisor so really teaching them lessons from a young age and and just allowing them to make mistakes and reopening that account and right. realizing when you click in a way, keep adding up, look at his access to online from age of 11 years old, can look at my joint account to see where the money's at. It's little, but it adds up. They spend $4 here, $10 it here. It does add up. That's correct. And yeah, That is the way they learn. If you don't let them handle it the same way, they're not going to learn. Right. Right. And so with Great that being... Great job, Chris. Thank for you very your daughter. much. Thank Amazing. You. What a... It's, She's always going to remember that. I, you know, because I, I had to teach her because I didn't learn it myself. So I had to teach her that way. And I just wanted to see it was like a test and it actually worked. And it actually proved my point on that as well. Um, you know, you said something as well where do you feel like most people, um, let's say, 
what's what is the percentage of money that should go into savings in your in your in your eyes honestly it all depends right okay. in ideal world it should be you should pay yourself first okay you get your paycheck the percentage should go to you whether it's your 401k <clears throat> and your savings account because if you don't do it you'll never do it okay calculate your budget first person you pay it's yourself and it should go to a different savings account if you are another type of person that can save for a long run, yeah. open a savings account in different banks so you have no access. And by the time you get to that bank, remember, it's a process. Okay. And you have time to think without you being just reactive and we got to have this and we got to do it. So there's going to be, you got to invest the time to go to a different bank you have no access. So it's a good idea to open savings account if you're not the saver type. Okay. But pay yourself first. Now, what about diversifying in other, other avenues like in stocks and things? How do you, if you know, if you're putting money in savings, then what percentage of that would you say, hey, I can maybe put something into something else so I can start making money off of that as well? What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely, Chris. The younger we start investing, the money compounds, right? So I think let's let's just use an example. If I am making twelve thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm earning and I'm using small numbers, but I'm earning a thousand a month. If my expenses are five hundred dollars and after taxes, maybe it's like I take home $800. Okay. That $300 I should be, I'm investing X. And you in your savings account, you should always have a six months gotcha. of expenses of your lifestyle. If you lose your job, right. if something happens. Pandemic happens. Exactly. Yeah. You right. should be like, have I have enough for, to right. get through? Do you hear that three people? Six, six months. months, six months in the bank that you should have. Six months of your of your salary, right? Yep, six absolutely. months salary in the bank, yep. virtually, right? You should. Yeah, that that's a great, great piece of advice, guys, and something that we all should do. And and I know it's hard, but like start small, like start training yourself to do this because it's one of those things where yeah, you're not going to be able to just put a big chunk right away. Because some people like it makes me cringe. I go, oh, that's a big amount I'm putting away. Let me. So I've learned how to start building up on that because now I see what's in there and it makes me happy. At the beginning, I was like, oh, I want to use that for something else, but I don't touch it. And I now I'm starting to diversify into other things as well that's and try great, to grow Chris. what's sitting in there. That is great. That I'm means you're to. thinking about it. You have a process in place. Yeah. Like I said, if you max out your six months or three months, whatever that you feel comfortable. I believe in six months. Okay. But then you should diversify investing because you get, you'll get there. Mm-hmm. And then you should be disciplined by investment. If 10% of your earnings is going to go investments or your 401k, then any additional expenses where people get in trouble is they also going to take a vacation. Vacation, you uh, should save up for it right. before you take the right. vacation. That's right? a good point. I so, never thought about that. This is true. So I'm like, so I'm like okay, pay yourself. If you're paying yourself and your investments and you're putting it away, you're not going to take a vacation and blow money. It's nothing to blow. Right. You're going to say, okay, I'm going to save additional money to do this. Maybe you'll cut out eating out. Yeah. You're going to cook at home. You won't buy the Starbucks. (laughs) Add it up, right? So it becomes thoughtful process. Well, and off that note, so I don't want to interrupt you, but off that note, in a funny sort of way, guys, like she said, if you can literally like plan a vacation, you can learn how to plan to actually save the money for that vacation. It yep. should be in the same breath. Yes. Right. Absolutely. That's a great point. I didn't think about that. So you don't blow that. it on the credit card with a high interest rate. Now you're arguing about it, how we're going to pay it. Right. You planned it together. Honey, Ooh. 
what kind of vacation are we going to go? How are we going to save for it? So She's it's- like, we're going to go big this year. We've saved enough. Um, you just put on a point that I, this is the one of the final talks we're going to get into because this is amazing. And I know it's yeah. the bane of everyone's existence. Let's talk about credit cards and debt. Let's just, just, just yeah. go with credit cards. Let's just talk about it. Got it. So credit is good. Okay, mm-hmm. credit cards are great to use. You have access for money when the money's not there. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also being mindful about what you, interest rate are you paying for the credit card. Don't spend money, let's say the emergency, to live off your credit card. What people do and they, when they get in trouble is they keep piling it up. And oh, then right. you'll never pay it off because if you're paying the minimum, you're never going to knock down the debt. Yeah, so that interest being mindful is crazy. about getting a plan. We're going to use $10,000 on the credit card. Here's how we're going to pay for it. Here's what the interest rate is, monthly payment that we're going to make. So we'll pay for the vacation in advance. Okay. Or if you charged it, we're going to pay. It's going to take us 10 months, six months. Have a plan how you're going to knock down the credit. And pay it down quickly, right? Pay as down. well. Um, so normally, what, so what I heard, let me know if I'm right about this, but if you, let's say you had a credit card, all my credit cards are down, thank God, I'll use my American Express, you know you have to pay that off right right away. Um, but if you have a credit card debt, and you're, let's say your minimal is, and I guess let me just say, so you got to pay the minimal, but you should add the interest to that minimal, right? Um, how much more do you think you should pay than that? As much as you can, or just kind of stick to that plan like you just said? Would using the same formula we talked about ten thousand dollars? If the interest monthly is about two hundred dollars, I'm just okay. giving you an example mm-hmm, right. with a great interest rate, by the way. But <laughs> <laughs> so so ten thousand. Let's talk about how much can you pay down the principal. You know the interest payment is X. Yeah. How long is it going to take you and divide by the number of months? If you're going to pay 500 a month, that's going to take you 20 months. Yeah, that's a good so point. So looking at it that way, once you write the check, I'm adding the principal payment because our goal is to pay it off X amount of months or right. years. I'm, I'm going home tonight and starting writing my <laughs> stuff out, guys. I mean, just, she knows it all. And Dega's pretty amazing at this. this is, she's been doing this for two decades. She's got a lot of a lot of knowledge on, on hand here. And I'm happy to have her on the show. And, um, you know, like I said, just make sure you guys, first and foremost, we said communication is key with anything. Communication is the key. And also compassion for one another all of us have a different money beliefs. We're mm-hmm. raised differently. Come in with openness and, and honesty in, in the communication of your partner. Have a different money beliefs. Please, let's put judgments away and just let's come with open hearts and right. just say we're having a money conversation. If you can say I love you, we can talk about money. <laughs> That's if very you can have cool. sex, we can talk <laughs> about money. That's more personal. <laughs> Should someone hold sex over money? That's that's another question. I don't know. I'm getting <laughs> you know if you're not gonna talk about your finances, I'm withholding sex from you. I think that's what should happen as well. No, but she's right about that guys. It's it's that's very true because it's like and never never I remember in this situation someone is either always making more than the other or some or you guys have your role in this relationship that you had maybe one's at home maybe one's at work but you know come together all the time and make sure you check in with each other and how many by the way checking in how much how much do you do you think you should check in like once a month a few times over so chris at the beginning i think is having that conversation like a planning just like people talk about we're gonna move we're gonna live this kind of place mm-hmm. same way People are not making the same amount of money. Like I said, it's not even the old days. Men are making the most money. These days, women are making a lot more money than men. Yeah. So let's say what percentage of your income is going to go to the joint 
checking account. Okay. So no, so you don't feel you're inadequate. If I'm making fifty grand and my partner is making two hundred thousand, it shouldn't be I'm putting fifty grand. He's That's putting correct. a fifty grand, right? Yeah, right. It should be I'm putting. 30% of my income, I'm putting 30% of my, whatever number like you that. guys agree, so no one feels they're being taken See, advantage of. See, this is what of. me and my girlfriend did. With what you just said right there, you know, it's just that thing of like, we put in a percentage of what we feel, is of, of each of our salaries, that's what goes in. And, and you know, and that's the comfort level that we both felt. And it works out great. You know, we talk, we try to talk about things. We try to make sure that we're saving. We try to do all these things, which is all brand new to me, people, but I love it. And it's, and it's great. And I really thank her for that. And, um, and it, and it does well, work well, though. Well, Chris takes two, right? Yeah, it does. I mean, that's you have right. an amazing relationship and you guys have a strong communication on love. Especially if you want to stay in that relationship yeah. and, and you love this person, why would you want to hide anything? And that's what the scary part is. But like you said, a lot of people do that. And I feel like also, um, Never ever hold something over the other person, you know, because yeah. that's the last thing you want to do. So then finances, especially, I know a lot of people yeah. do that as well, and that's the that's the kill all of all relationships. Yeah. I feel. And going back to the question that you asked, Chris, also, I I mean, I can't tell you how important this is to your listeners, and thank you for all you do and bringing this awareness. I think it's uh, not just even talking about it, as you said, how often do we check? It's like, there's always going to be a lopsided. There's always going to be surprises. Right. And someone That's who correct. desires more, someone who spent it more. Let's have that checkpoints and talk about it and re-engage. Maybe this, what you put in place doesn't work for both of you and that needs to be renegotiated. Okay. That's a very good point. And, and I like, like Dega just said, I know it's like, it's very stressful probably just having the talk in itself because you're laying it all out there. But once you get in the groove of it and it becomes second nature, it's, you're just going to have a better understanding of each other and be able to actually help each other through the process. That's the most important part. And it actually might save a bunch of relationships out there, guys. And not only married people, because I know, like I said, there's a lot of couples out there nowadays that don't get married and just live with each other. They're, they're coupling, whatever it is, and they've been together for years, but they're probably dealing with this. And um, and if you guys are out there like splitting it in half and you, in, in a married situation, you know, just put it together a little bit more and and, and share and, and get it down correct. So what do you think, Dega? I absolutely agree, Chris. And also living together, they actually have it worse because mm. people who live together are not married. A lot of times the hesitation is a financial issue too. Okay. Oh, and they that's don't talk right. about it. Right. They they live together, and but they don't talk about it. It's a void. And a lot of times it's not so much as the ego, it's the ignorance and uncomfortableness and it doesn't matter what level in your relationship mm-hmm. is. I believe in when you start dating and you're serious about the human being that you're with. Yeah. Let's talk about it. That's a great point. If you point. can talk about love, yeah. sex, like right. I said earlier, we should be able to talk about what's your beliefs about money? Right. How did your parents handle? How do you want to handle your finances? How do you see us if we were in that point? Should we handle our finances together? I mean, you shared with me earlier how amazing your significant other is and how she was able to openly to talk to you and it got you to open up and you guys have a phenomenal relationship because all these communications and what ruins relationship was ironed out from the beginning. Right. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, it's, I think that's wonderful. That's, that's, that's a very good point guys 
All right, Dagan. Well, you were amazing today. See, and this this the woman sitting across from me, she's the most beautiful financial person I've ever met in my life. So I'm super happy to have her across from me and doing this podcast today. And also, guys, um, like I said, she just just listen to what she says. And if you if you have any problems, just reach out to a financial advisor and or planner or or just someone who has the knowledge of of just working together. Like she said, counseling or anything will help you as long as you're on the same page. So um, off of that, we're gonna go to my question of the day. And so this is written by someone. And Dega, I'm going to let you answer this one first, all right? It's, it's along the lines. It's a pretty simple, straightforward question. She goes, um, Dear Chris, so me and my husband have been together, together for 10 years, but I feel like that I'm always out overspending and I don't really ever want to tell him what I'm doing. So how do I approach him and let him know that I'm overspending and going over budget with little things that he doesn't know about? Chris, I mentioned this earlier, which was what is the number one people do when they're uncomfortable with finances? They spend it and they don't share. And people don't understand the part of honesty, being an honest in your relationship mm-hmm. is also talking about how the money the two of you have earned is being spent. I think come clean, talk yeah. about with your husband. And if he feels uncomfortable, then you need to slow down that spending or get extra job right. somewhere That's, to cover your extra spendage. I think it's it's important because I can't tell you how many relationships people feel like they've been betrayed when they find out the significant other has spent X amount. Oh my God, can you believe how much she's been in the credit card? Right. I just discovered he spends X. It's horrible it's almost like not- you're saying that she's like you like some people are like shuffling and hiding money and moving it around just in order to hide it so they don't have to speak about it absolutely wow so i'm listener please practice honesty looking within yourself and say do i need it it's a need basis if it's not okay let me figure out how i'm going to create that right. budget and become honest and if you can't get an extra job pick up extra hours then your partner needs to know right yeah i feel like i guess i'm going to throw on my spin on this if you're out there just spending money frivolously and you're afraid to tell them you better become a kleptomaniac or something at least get it out that way but don't spend the money do it the other way that's my answer <laughs> I'm out on that. I'm going to drop the mic on that one. (laughs) All right, guys. All right. So that's another episode. Dega, thank you so much for being on my show today. I want to ask you, is there anything you want to plug while you're on the show, while you're here and talk about, do you have like a, like, you know, your website, anything you want to put out there, how people get in touch with you? Well, Wealth Management uh, Advisor, East Defined, D-E-G-A, Dega. If you Google me, it's easy to contact me. But I just, I just want to say, let's have a compassion and communication. That's the most important about finances. Thank you so much. All right, guys, that's another episode. And you know where to find me, anything dating intelligence, social media-wise. And please keep sending in your questions. Um, I appreciate all the questions. And I really love you guys for listening to the show. Thanks again. And we'll talk and see you soon.